Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Candace Parker is along with us tonight. And moments ago, Kristen Ludlow. Parker, what a look inside. Kristen Ledlow is on our sideline with the terrific Candace Parker. I'm Kristen Ledlow. I'm Candace Parker. And this is Ledlow and Parker. Don't worry, everyone. You are listening to a new episode. It's just me starting another episode telling Candace that I miss her. I miss you. I miss you too, Kristen. <laughs> but this is something that I look forward to doing, even if it is through the computer. It's all good. I know that you've watched the next two, the latest two installments of The Last Dance. Of course. If anybody on the earth has not watched it, uh, you're missing out. Right. Like, what else are you watching? And I'm watching it live, too. Like, I'm not recording it to watch it with no commercials. Although, Kristen, I will say, I wish they would give us a little bit more time for the trivia. Because I feel like they, like, give you the trivia, and then you don't even have time to think, and then they give the answer. Like, go to a commercial. I promise I won't Google the answer. Just wait a second. And sometimes when they show the answer, I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. I could, have, I could have come to that in my mind if you would have given me more than a second and a half. I don't even need multiple choice. I just need more than the three seconds that they provide. I have, though, loved <laughs> that TV is feeling like TV did back when we were in high school and in college. Like, think about the shows that you knew everybody was watching on a Thursday night. and You go to class or practice on Friday, and that's what everybody was going to talk about. This is what that feels like all over again. It's like being part of a cultural moment again. Like, you know that everybody's watching the same thing at the same time, and it's what everybody wants to talk about. And I love the fact that it is a little bit. I mean, it's annoying that you have to wait six or seven days to see the next you know, episode, but I love the cliffhanger because now, you know, we live in a society where you can get what you want right now. Like Amazon, it's like prime. It's not going to be here for two days. Like, Oh no. But that's how it is with this. Like you have to wait till the next week to watch the next two. And then they leave you with another cliffhanger and then you have to wait again. And it's just, it's, it's fun. Because I would have watched 10 hours of it had they given it to me in the first day. Oh, I think people across the world would have binge watched this just like Tiger King. And then it would have been done. Right. Yeah, it would have been done. We would have had nothing else to continue to look forward to. But instead, week by week, we're hearing a little bit more. We're learning a little bit more. This week, Michael Jordan specifically addressing comments that he had made, what, at the side of two decades ago and saying now, today, I'm an athlete, not an activist. What did you think when he said that? I personally know that the times have changed. Like our mindset, we're looking at things you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. especially now when we have amazing athletes, impactful athletes stepping forward for causes. I mean, you think about the NBA always being in the communities and, and social justice and standing up for, for what they believe is right and putting their name to issues. So looking back on things, I know that wasn't the case then when Michael Jordan was going through all of this, but looking at it through kind of, <laughs> the vision of now, it, it, if he would try to pull that now, I don't know if that would, that would work. Well, so does it affect in your mind, the greatest of all time conversation? 
when you hear him, not just say things then, because like you said, times have changed. The expectations have changed. But to double down now, does it change who he is in your mind? My brother and I were having this discussion, as I'm sure a lot of people across the world have talked about who's the goat and all this stuff. And this documentary, I don't know if I was ready to see Kobe in an interview at this point, but you know, it was glad really you said good. That. I'm glad you said that because I, I actually almost turned it off on Sunday. It was, it was tough to watch um, because you don't know what the future is going to hold. But at the same time, those three have been at the head of the debate of who the greatest of all time is. Michael Jordan transcended the game of basketball on the court with shoes, with style, with bringing awareness and, and people and eyeballs and all that stuff at that time in the 90s. But in terms of players that has kind of taken that blueprint and while they're playing have become more than basketball and impact an entire sport globally, LeBron James, I mean, he has a school. You talk about the things that he does during the community. Uh, you talk about social justice. You talk about even going back to when Trayvon Martin was, was killed and the stand that he took and his words speaking as a father and, and speaking to, to, to America from that lens. So I think just in terms of impact, LeBron James has taken Michael Jordan's blueprint and he's taken things that maybe, maybe Michael Jordan didn't do and wasn't great at and has amplified that and done things in the community and been more than just an athlete. I started looking into other similar comments because initially when I heard MJ say that, it, it took me back because like, whoa, you couldn't say that now, but he is saying it now. <laughs> that interview was recent. And I did find uh, several things. Uh, Charles Barkley, our Charles Barkley, famously saying decades ago, I'm not a role model. Liverpool's coach back in the fall was asked a question regarding social justice, and he said that he wanted to be influential in football and not in politics. Another that comes to mind very regularly is Steve Kerr, who I believe gives always just very nuanced, very well-read responses, whether or not you agree with what he has to say. But he's also declined to comment on several occasions, saying that he wanted to wait until he was more educated on the subject. I think that we've confused fame and influence. And because influence has been monetized, famous people are expected to be influential. And then we wait to cancel anybody who speaks outside of what we've deemed appropriate or acceptable. But I think that to your point of the expectation changing for athletes, our culture was plagued by silence for so long that perhaps the pendulum has swung to the opposite extreme in that now we seem to just hear so much noise you know I would agree with you with this so much noise there's people that step up and speak on things as we've seen even in the NBA <laughs> they step up on and think and speak on things that they're not they didn't do the research they didn't take time to, to learn about it so I do agree that our society has kind of gone to the end the other end. Well, which can some be their own fault, but can also be the fault of those of us who put the microphones in the faces of our favorite pop stars and power forwards and expect them to be the voices on these subjects, right? But even despite Charles Barkley saying, I am not a role model, 
even with him coming out and, and saying that, you are. And I think nowadays, having the lights on you, regardless of whether you want it or not, you're going to be asked your opinion. And in our society, that's kind of the way things are. And like it or not, regardless of whether you think of yourself as an influencer, you are an influencer. And you do have certain things that are required of you. I mean, to whom much is given, much is required, much is expected. And as athletes, I'm so happy that people have taken that stand and really stood up for what they believe in. But do it from a place of knowing. Don't go into something and speak on something that you don't know. I think also being willing to say, I don't know, is an undervalued aspect of this. Like being willing to say, you know what? I don't know. And I'm going to find out and I'm going to get back to you. It's like, we don't accept that as an answer, but we have created this culture where we are all literal followers. Think about every single platform that we belong to. We are titled followers. And so influence now is, is more important than ever. But for those who have been entrusted with an influential position, as you've mentioned, I think speaking with grace is hugely important, but also being willing to be silent in order to learn is, is undervalued, in my opinion. Kristen, I'm going to take it back to what we learned growing up. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And what rubbed me the wrong way was when Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy shoes too. So it's, it's, it's kind of the way in which he said it. It's the way in which he said, I refuse to speak up on what seemingly in the year 2020 is a very obvious issue because it'll affect my bottom line. So no, I don't think that it's right that the opinions of athletes and entertainers seem to, to trump the opinions of, of literally anyone else in the culture we've created, but it is absolutely necessary that we, that they, acknowledge that weight and that responsibility. Well, coming off the topic of activism, we have somebody, our guest, coming up next, who we love, Kristen. <laughs> who we do, no pun intended. Yeah, I, I get it. Or nice. intended. Anyway. Kevin Love coming up next. Kevin from Cleveland is on the line. Kevin from Cleveland. I dig that. Kevin Love. Great, great intro. Resident of Cleveland. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I figure if the last dance can do it, we can do it, right? Yeah. I mean, a little bit more prestigious title of, you know, former president of the United States, Barack Obama. Like that's, it's a little different, but I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. But resident of Chicago, I feel at least adds to what he's adding to the story, right? No, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. And I've actually, yeah, I was at All-Star Saturday. I was on a panel with, uh, I think it was um, Mike Wilbon, uh, Chris Paul, Giannis, and uh, President Obama. And he was actually speaking about like those runs as well. So that was even before the last dance. So that was pretty cool to hear him, uh, you know, behind the curtain, just kind of put it all out there. It was really cool. I mean, I would love to, to see the person that suggested that title. Like, 
you know, behind right. the scenes, like, you know what we're going to put under his name? We're going to put yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Right. Yeah. That was made like, you know, everybody always talks about the internet being undefeated. Like that was one of those moments where it was like, of course that's going to be made into, you know, a meme and everybody's going to take that. It was funny. I would imagine though, you probably watch the last dance and relate to some of it, all of it, how much of it? Uh, quite a bit of it. Um, there's a lot of things I didn't know. Like I think it was either episode five or six from last uh, Sunday or this past Sunday where it was talking about like the media scrutiny. And uh, when they went down O2 to uh, New York, um, you know, just how much uh, Jordan, they tried to tear Jordan down after that. And, you know, I think we saw that a lot. Like you build, build up LeBron, you build up Kyrie, you build up myself, you build up our team, you build up Ty Lue, you build up our organization. Like they'll try and tear you down. And if you're at the top, I mean, the Warriors saw it too. Like everybody's coming at your head everybody's trying to create a divide between your team and that's just constant. So everybody tries to say, Oh, you know, and uh, you know, it's 2020, like the, the media scrutiny is way different, but in seeing that it kind of, it was super eye opening to me as well. Like he was, I mean, Jordan was, and he said it, it, it got to him. He was ready to like be away from it. He, he was, you know, you kind of saw him in, in self quarantine laying on the couch there and he's just like, I can't go anywhere. It was, it was wild to see that, but a lot of similarities like, uh, you know, Scotty, um, you know, kind of the, the Robin to Jordan's Batman, you know, he was kind of disgruntled, had asked for a trade, um, didn't end up leaving, but that reminded me a lot of, you know, the Kyrie situation and him actually ended up leaving and going to Boston. Uh, and then Rodman, I love the Rodman episode, the third episode when he when he was talking about, and I love that was amazing too. Just like how Phil took him under his wing, related to him so much, and then it, they, you know, between you know the entire team, but primarily uh, Jordan and Pip, they just said like, "Oh, we understood when it was time to cross those lines, he was going to be ready to go. Everything away from there, like he can go do what he wants. We got to let him be himself, but he's going to bring it." To get back to your question, he was like, he was saying, you know, it's basketball that's the safe haven. It's basketball we can come and. It could be our ourselves as the safe space. It's he was like it's all the other stuff. It's all the other BS we have to deal with away from this is what what I hate. So I think you you come to terms with it. You're you're once you've gone through it enough, you understand it's it's all part of all part of the game. So you have to see or part of the game. You have to see things in their entirety. But yeah, it's it, it does wear on you over time. Well, seeing it, you know, you grew up on the West Coast, I know, so I don't know if you cheered for the Bulls at that time. I feel like everybody watched, but, yes. you know, maybe a few people cheered uh, on the West Coast. But for me, seeing this from an adult point of view and not as a kid with seeing, you know, even the gambling and seeing the competition, his personality, MJ's personality was not something that he could just turn off. He was the no. same way off the court. So just... Speaking to the personality of the teams that you've been on, I mean, we even saw Jordan like, I got a tea time, honking the bus at Scotty. Yeah. We do the interview. We saw the meme of uh, the security guard doing the shrug while they were gambling. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a huge personality for the best player on the team. Oh, for sure. And as you know, I mean, you've been on great teams as well. You've been around, you know, so many different players. It's like those moments 
that and, and people catch them too, especially with like USA basketball and like, you know, during the playoffs or the finals runs, here comes my puppy. It's uh, you just like, there's so much stuff behind the scenes that they catch, but also like, you know, Braun would have people around filming us and going, you know, especially during our Easter conference finals or finals runs, like there's going to be an opportunity to see something like this again. And, in 20 years, you know, whatever it may be, but just seeing the personality and how he just has a grav gravitational pull to him. He's almost like a planet. He just like takes everybody and they're in his orbit. It's, it's really, it was really unbelievable to see and especially strip back the layers of, of Michael and, and kind of pull back the curtain and see, you know, really who he is behind the scenes because uh, this is where there is that disconnect from from you know social media and twenty four seven three sixty five news service uh, you know coming at you so fast in different storylines like i i didn 't see all that when I was young and being being an adult, you have somewhat of a different perspective on it now and it's it 's really interesting to see I love it it's you know to me it 's like yes, we get ten parts, but at the same time it 's like damn, we only get ten parts because there 's so much there right you could go. 20 or th if oh. this continues they should go 20 or 30 i would watch all the little stuff too i don't care like if they were just sitting there playing pool and talking trash, like i would i would love to just see that like i'm i'm like unedited all, yes kevin who would be like the you of that documentary i have an opinion but i want to hear what you have to say first I don't know. That's tough. Like we, especially if you consider our teams, like we thrived under chaos. Talk about storylines. I mean, yeah. we had, and we, uh, some teams have a, a, a really, and it's, it's everybody, everybody plays a part in this. I don't care if it's, it's, uh, you know, players on the team. I don't care if it's coaches, uh, you know, front office, um, ownership, keeping things in house. Like we did not keep anything in house. <laughs> Like we, I, whoever, I was there. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. It's like oh, there's Kristen again. Some, you know, something must have happened. Oh God! Uh, but no, we just we had so many characters on our team. We all came together for one common goal, and I mean that's a powerful thing. But if I had to pick somebody on that team, I, honestly, I I don't really know because you know, like anybody behind the scenes, I like to talk my. You know, do yeah. Talk my. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, I like. Yes. Yeah. Right. Talk that. <laughs> Who I was thinking, not necessarily your role on the court on the team, but just you as a personality, Steve Kerr. Like I'm watching. Like, you know what though? That's actually I was thinking Steve, but I'm like, is it is it too like? Um, forgive me for saying this, like, but too vanilla. But he talks to shit, <laughs> and he like he yes. Like, gets along with everybody, you know, yes. took a punch in the yeah. face every now and then, but, like, wants to enjoy a, a good glass of wine and, and and win. Like, as I'm watching it and I'm making those comparisons in my mind, I'm like, that's Kevin. Yeah, and a ferocious competitor, like, you know, he's a guy that sees all. So I like his his perspective in this as well because he's, I mean, he's been around some of the best players and coaches ever and coach some of the best players. He has a, yeah, he definitely has a very uh, unique perspective, I, I think, for sure. That's, that's a, you know, because I can't say Scotty, I can't say Jordan, I can't say Ku Coach, like uh, uh, Rodman. It's like – Not I, quite the Dennis either. Yeah, well, yeah not yeah, quite no. the Dennis Kevin's either. not trying to go to Vegas. For uh, yeah, like yeah, right? 48 yeah, hours, DMP, yeah. But, Kevin, I think the biggest thing watching this – 
the teams that I've been on that have won, they're so dysfunctional sometimes. So dysfunctional. But we're able to operate through the, like we can go in the locker room, have our issues, and then we come out on the court and we're able to perform. I didn't realize how messed up the Bulls were in terms of just, you hear that Scotty had surgery later, you hear all the Mm -hmm. conversations, Dennis, but just putting everything together with practices, with Jordan being fed up with the, you know, with the rules and with the media and with all these things. There's so much dysfunction that goes on with successful teams as well. But what separates like the teams that you've been on that you're like, man, we just couldn't get it together versus team, the, you know, 2000 team where y'all got it together, came back from a deficit and won. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can look at like 2016 and 2017 as, as, as years that, you know, had kind of mirrored each other in a lot of ways, but at the same time, we just, we couldn't put it together um, come 2017, but 2016, we were just like so hungry and so, you know, ready and and so competitive uh, to make sure that we got to the finals. And I know we dug ourselves a hole with a three, one deficit, but we never put ourselves out and we had fought that battle of attrition. We didn't have the luck on our side. We were battling injuries. Like I got taken out in the quarterfinals in in 2015, Kyrie went out uh, in overtime of game one in the finals. So we were shorthanded and still went to six games. So we figured, okay, uh, you know, incredibly talented. We're going to be hungry coming into the following year. Uh, pretty much healthy. I think Kyrie came back in December of that year. But then from then, we were we were off. And we made, um, you know, a trade. We had then Mozgov, uh, Swish. We had JR, um, Shump. You know, we just kept – and then Channing as well. Like, those guys, all those guys were so good for us moving forward. And we ended up winning, whereas in 2017, I actually think that was our most talented team. And that was one where, like, you know, we're, we're three years in, like, some of the jokes aren't as funny anymore, like, stuff is falling on, you know, deaf, muted, you know, deaf ears or, it's, you know, raining hollow. Um, you know, everybody's kind of like, ah, oh, we'll figure it out during the playoffs so we're not, like, trending or hitting on all cylinders on the time that we should, but you know, then of course we come out and we were like, oh, this is easy. We're just going to make it to the finals and we're going to give it our best shot. But like, had we really locked in that I feel like could have been, because it only, it's only this much between winning and losing. I mean, and I felt like that, that was our most talented team. And, and I think we only won one game in the finals, which was what game four, I believe it was. So same, we, we won in 2016 and then 2017 was actually probably the better team for us. Right. And then we lost and we were up. But anyway, sorry, I took me back to that place. No, it's, it, it's so true though. It's only, it only takes that much. And like sometimes the most talented team doesn't win, but we were that team. It's crazy because like, you know, the, the entire paradigm shift of the league happened when KD went to a 73 and nine team the year, like it, that next year. So like we're playing against them with our most talented team, but you add one of the best small forwards of all time. It's, it's, stuff. It's interesting that the last dance is a term we've used so many times in these conversations, because at the time, I would imagine they didn't know that that was actually going to be the end. Were there things in 2016, 2017, into 2018 that cued your mind to thinking this is probably it for us as well? I had some feeling that that last year in, in 2018, or I guess it would have been 2017, 2018, uh, that season, um, 
So that was our fourth finals run. I had some idea that that could be the last year. And Kyrie was already gone in the summer. I think it was free agency, but we had basically brought in so many new players, like half of our team because of that big Boston deal. Um, And then Richard uh, ended up being out of there come training camp because D Wade, we had to take a shot on him. And then we had a total turnover. I don't think it was almost unprecedented with how many guys on the team at the trade deadline were gone and how many new guys that we brought in. So that's when, as far as like direction goes and planning for the future and what is ownership thinking, uh, you know, I think, you know, Braun is always trying, you know, trying to play a couple steps ahead. So I think at that point, that's when I really thought, okay, this is our last crack at it. We got to get a bit of everything that we have. You know, Kevin, you obviously Cleveland, still with Cleveland, the face of that, but there's more to you than just basketball and kind of looking back on the Michael Jordan docu, <laughs> docu we, we realized that Michael wasn't as much into activism and you've been someone right that has given a voice to a platform that needed it for a very long time and had a stigma for a very long time. And that's mental health. What motivated you to do that? Uh, what gave you the courage to kind of step forward and, and give a voice to so many out there that, you know, are feel like they're suffering alone? Yeah. I mean, I, I think selfishly at the beginning, it was me just not wanting to live in the shadows anymore. It's not really a, it's not a fun life to, to suffer alone. And I had done it for, or suffer silently rather, but I, I had done it for, for so long. I was at a, a, a tipping point or a breaking point in my life. So I, I uh, and there were a lot of things that transpired and major moments that had transpired in my life to, to get me to that point to, to, you know, share and start to unmask and peel back layers of that. But the cra- I mean, the craziest part to me and the best part um, is like the community around it. While the numbers in America, at least, like they continue to trend in the, in the wrong direction that sense of community and knowing that, you know, it's, it's bigger than you. And there is that common enemy, like I spoke about earlier. Um, it just makes me feel more at ease and more comfortable in my own skin. And, you know, with, with so that major response and that, that community and other people suffering with, with mental health issues, you know, it was in September of that year. So it was like four or five months later, I, I had started my fun. And now it's been amazing just the last, 18 months, two years, just continuing to absorb everything that I can, hear other people's stories. And it's allowed me to be, I feel more, I guess, evolved would be the word, but like empathetic to, to, to what's going on with other people, whether it be at arm's distance or even, you know, just uh, people that are uh, either underserved, where there's mental illness in the family, uh, you know, just kind of seeing things I mentioned in their entirety while I saw that on the basketball court, I try to see it uh, a step removed away from the court as well. So it's been pretty cool to uh, navigate this space and, and especially in COVID-19 and, and quarantine too, see where we can uh, affect the people and you know come out of this change, not unchanged. Will you tell us then a little bit about the all-in challenge that you've accepted? What you're giving away, by the way, I think one of two that I'm thinking, all right, it's time to bust out uh-huh. the big bucks to try to win that and right, Justin right. Bieber flying to my house to sing one less lonely girl. That's a real option. Candace, don't roll your eyes. Okay. It's real. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was a real option. I'm not bidding on that. See, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you wanted to, he'd do it. His album but, yeah. is good though. Thank you, like Kevin. Album, yeah. We can talk more about that or we can talk about your all in chat. Okay. Sorry. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I donated like a, you know, obviously we talk about uh, mental health, but also like physical health as well. I, I've, I've gone from being a, a fat boy to, to trying to slim down and feel and, and, and not, I mean, looking better is good too, like feeling good in your body, but no, donated the gym. Um, you know, partnerships like that have been super cool because that goes to feeding, you know, so many people. And then, you know, at the beginning, I think it evolves too. Like at the beginning, it was personal to me to affect arena workers. And for some people it was to, to, you know, service local food banks or get uh, meals to people or in the case of a couple players donating to, to hospitals as well. And I've worked with frontline workers now because, you know, it, initially we, we, if you would have told me it would have gone until, you know, mid May or June, uh, I would, who were, how are we to know? I mean, it's hard to put into words. How are we to know? So like, transition into helping the frontline workers while also supplying them with meals which is great because you know you kill, kind of kill two birds with one stone you're uh, affecting local businesses and restaurants and uh, in the grand scheme of things the economy as well and then uh, continuing to pay it forward it's mental health awareness month as well through my fund and you know partner with people like headspace and they're doing great things because they're not just a meditation brand they're overall health brand now and just working with a lot of cool people that are you know not only in uh, that space, but um, through COVID-19, where people are underserviced and not able to get the resources that they need, we're able to get it to them. Kevin, the NBA has always been on the forefront of change, on the forefront of activism, on the forefront of just getting out in the community and really affecting people's lives. Obviously, yourself, you think of your, you know, your teammate LeBron James with the school, even before promise, all this. Yeah. Looking back, 20 years ago to the Bulls and mm-hmm. seeing that activism was kind of a choice. And now it seems like activism isn't a choice right. that you're, you're in or you're out. And yeah. 20 years from now, we hope to continue to push the needle forward. So what would you say to an athlete that wants to get involved? What advice would you give them if they're passionate about speaking out about something they believe in? First and foremost, that's a, that's a great point is, is especially now and today, I always use Braun as a reference too, because I think he's doing unbelievable work and I've been able to see it because it's right up the road here uh, in Akron. I, I promise school and what they're doing and test scores and speaking of resources, what they're able to, to give to kids and who they're you know sending to college. And it's just, I mean, education is such a beautiful form of, of, of giving, but I mentioned people finding their different lanes and, and ways and what inspires them to give back. But the, the, between the, the NBA and the WNBA and everything that fits under that umbrella, like I say, it's amazing to be in a league where, you know, we're not only supported in speaking about major topics and speaking about topics that, that matter and can elicit change, but we're actually pushed into doing it. And it's, it's amazing because like we could, we could do a PSA or we could uh, speak on an NBA platform and the PSA could be serviced to and, and scaled up to tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people. And if you, for me, it's reaching that, that younger demographic and that next generation, because like nothing, if you, if you have, you know, a problem with your mental health and you're, you're, you feel constricted in that way, I feel like nothing robs us of our human potential more than, more than that. And to affect the younger kids and have a way to do it through sport where there's so much commonality and so many, you know, such great storytelling and, and such a way of self-expression. And for me, I, I mean, I'm watching Charles Barkley. I'm watching, you know, like he was somebody I, I really looked up to when I was young. Shaq was the same way. 
I mean, all those teams that we saw, like I used to watch, what was it, w, uh, WGN on, you know, and watch all the Bulls games, even when it was yeah. just Scott, Scott, Scotty <laughs> there. I missed the first run. I was born in 88, so I missed the, their first uh, three. But, you know, watching, uh, you know, all of those, I was like hanging on there every word. So when Braun is like, you know, really – you know, enabling these kids to do great things and like putting them on a pedestal and raising them up. It's, it's amazing to see what they're, what they're capable of. And like, they're like, Oh, you know, I would do it for LeBron James and he's the you know, best basketball player in the world. Like it's, it's pretty cool to see how, you know, young kids and the young generation responds to, you know, LeBron James, a, a, a Candace Parker. Like it's, it's really, really cool to see, I think. I mean, and I, I've really changed my perspective on that in the last two years or in, you know, seeing it through, I feel like different eyes, I mentioned stripping back the layers. So I, I feel like people get caught up and say, Oh, I don't have enough of my, you know, money to, you know, I throw money at something and there's going to be so much change, but you can, you can make change by doing just little things. I, I really learned that even in the past couple of weeks with, um, you know, working with the frontline workers, they, I think they just don't want to feel like they're lost in the shuffle and no one's paying attention to them. So like these little random acts of kindness worldwide, form of therapy for myself as well like they're they're like really putting in crazy time crazy hours and having to decide between like oh i've you know for humanity i have to help all these people so many hours a day at the hospital or you know most of these nurses and doctors have kids at home as well so it's like you know family and work and that life and having to choose and having no balance it's 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 tough so i know that was a long-winded answer but i think there's a lot to it we do, though, want to play a game with you, Kevin, before we let you go, because sure. there have not been any games for us to watch, for us to analyze. We want competition. Here we go. Uh -oh. We've created a game that we have titled Loathe, Like, and Love with Kevin Love. Okay. So well, I'm going to give you three options, and you have to tell us which one you loathe, which one you like, and which one you love. We'll start with a teammate you'd have to quarantine with. LeBron James, J.R. Smith, and Channing Fry. <laughs> LeBron, J.R., like and Channing. Loathe, um, like, love. Love Channing. I have to go that route. I um, knew it. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not like a huge video game uh, guy. Well, I'll tell you this, though. J.R. got a couple new dogs. I might like to, yeah, like J.R. It's, it's between one of the two. I, that's, a, that's a coin flip. You know, but I feel like LeBron has a spare bedroom, so I might, I might like being. That's true. And his kids are a little older. <laughs> Kristen and I He's talked about best. this. They're like, you don't quarantine. I was quarantined with Chelsea Gray, my point guard, and I picked uh, NBA player that did not have kids because when we were initially discussing it, because I was like, oh, Steph Curry. I love Steph. I love Aisha. She'd make all the meals. And Candace was mm -mm. like, that is such a classic non-parent answer. No, no, no. no, like, no. You, you know, like you don't have kids. So you'd pick to quarantine with someone with kids. She's like, no, I'm telling you, you wouldn't. Right. I just, I just talked to one of my best friends the other day and he's like, no, I mean, wifey are doing great. But like the kids, like we just, you know, they're just relentless. It just doesn't stop. But see, even choosing Channing, like your like, first thought right. is true. love Channing. Channing's got a full house. That's true. Yeah. That's, That's why true. I was trying to like give you the, you know, the assist, but. So bottom line, actually, it's, it's loathe Channing. It's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, if I had a chance to say loathe Channing, I would. Absolutely. Every single time. Yeah. yeah. You know him, he's just like, it's light, it's jokes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, he's All right. So we got quarantine activity. 
Tiger King, Jigsaw Puzzle, or going live on your IG? Oh man, I've, this is the first time I've ever like really turned the camera around and like done the first person like speaking into it. And I was never like that guy. I'm like, nobody cares, right? <laughs> but I've, I've grown to be like, I, like I have to like, I have to, I'm, I'm growing in that area, I guess. But love Tiger King, mm, mm-hmm. loathe Jigsaw Puzzle, and, uh, you know, I, I forgot what the third one was. Like, like IG. Don't lie. You going like live. going live on IG. <laughs> yeah. All right. Types of wine. Like, loathe, and love. Okay. Merlot, Pinot Noir, and a Cabernet. Cab love, uh, like Pinot, loathe Merlot. Really? With I, mean, I don't think I've had a Merlot in 10 years. Not that I'm, I'm not like a snob, but like, you know, it's like. It's okay just, to say you're a wine snob. It's all right. It's, I'm a wine snob as well as coffee. Cabs, just because like, I, I don't know, I just have always liked like a heavier, you know, type of wine. And then Pinot is Portland. Like it's, you know, Oregon wine country is all Pinot or mostly Pinot. Uh, and then Merlot, like that was, I feel like the first wine I was intro to. And so I was like, oh, what's, what else is out there? And then I found all these other wines. So yeah, not that I dislike it. I just, it's not my preference. So he doesn't I dislike it. He just loathes it. I just <laughs> loathe it. <laughs> all right, Kevin, comic book superhero. I know the answer to this. Batman, Superman, or Spider-Man? Love Batman. Um, I'm going to say like Superman and then uh, Spider-Man love, even though, again, yeah. I, I, I dig Spider-Man too. Batman is like, there's few and far between with that. He's, he's the best. And he has the best, I mean, to me, the best villains as well. Like, no, no brainer. Last one. <laughs> Fashion trend. Like, love, or loathe. Suits with capri pants or shorts, a turtleneck, and a bolo tie. Oh, uh, love a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? That American West, like the bolo tie, I'm, I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to like yeah. that one, and I'm going to love the... Uh, and like nobody wants to see my my in my shorts and my with my legs out in a, in a suit. Nobody wants to see that. Some guys can pull that off, but like Bron did it. Um, uh, it was the twenty. What was that? Uh, Eighteen. He did uh, during the finals. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson did it. Like Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. Like some James people, Harden. What hasn't Russell done? I'm sure. Right. Russell, oh, Russell, right. Russell's yes. done it for sure. Like some people can pull it off, but. I mean, you don't know until you try. You ever see, you have, uh, my calves are way too big to do something like that. LeBron has big calves. No, but like, trust me on this one. (laughs) It's a lot. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We love you. I, I love both of you guys. Candace, one of our favorite segments is back. The fan mailbag, where you all, the listeners, the viewers, maybe some of both, submit the questions that you have for Candace and me. Let's roll the first one. Hey guys, this is Will from North Carolina. Kristen and Candace, what is a strange new hobby or an interesting new skill you have picked up during the quarantine that you never thought you would do or learn how to do or have the time to do? Thanks for taking my question. I'll start on this one. I certainly thought that I would never have the time nor make the time nor ever want to have the time to start running again. And I actually run now, Candace. 
<laughs> wow. So, okay. I'm still searching for this runner's high because I've never gotten it. Just FYI. Ever. Okay. So you still don't have it. Cause I was just wondering if that's possible because at this point I don't like running and I no. It's just, I'm usually on the road for like all of April and all of May during the NBA playoffs. And I've never really spent spring at home. So I'm like, how can I get outside a little bit more? And so I thought, well, I could start running and no, I still do not enjoy it by any stretch of the imagination, but I do enjoy being outside. (laughs) Waiting for that runner's high to kick in any day now. Uh, Well, I, let me know when you get it. Cause yeah, that's never happened in my years of playing sports it's always terrible long distance but mine my hobby that I've kind of picked up and I always liked it but I never really had time to do it was like art and my daughter is really into painting and so we've been yeah we've been painting and I have enjoyed it like I I love doing it with her we sit at the kitchen table and she comes up with stuff she's more of like a pop art painter Ooh, and I'm yes. more of like, I got to make some sort of statement with my painting. Yeah, it has so, to be realistic. Yeah. I can see you being more of an artist. Yes. The left brain, right brain artists in your, what all have you painted so far? So for me, um, so I painted <laughs> this, like my favorite book is the alchemist. And so I kind of painted like the entire universe. So like fire and like, I'll show you fire and like stars and you know, the sky and the water. And then I put like the entire universe conspired to help me find you. Cause that's my favorite quote. Wow. I, I was thinking you were going to say like a basketball and I was like, wow, <laughs> you know what? Good for you. But you have Thank far you. exceeded my expectations as an artist. But I have learned like the kiss, uh, keep it simple, stupid. Cause I started off trying to do like too big, too grand of things. So it is better to keep it simple, but I've enjoyed my time. Yeah. But the good thing about art is you can call anything art. It's true. Like this is, this is, it's abstract. Okay. And I will not be taking questions at this time. (laughs) (laughs) You got to send me a picture of that though. I will. I gotcha. All right. Let's hear the next question. Hey, Kristen and Candice. This is Laura from Boise, Idaho. As someone who just graduated high school, I was wondering if either of you won any senior superlatives. Most athletic, maybe? Well, first of all, congratulations on graduating from both Candace and me. I would imagine that the celebration probably looked very different in these days, but either way, I hope you're celebrating and we celebrate you. I'll start since Candace, you said that, what, you need a little time to remember your high school year? Yeah, it was a lot longer back than I would like to. (laughs) It wasn't. I would like to say. I was though, you know, hate to admit it, but she was right. I was named most athletic alongside a young man in my class who went on to play football at Florida State. And that was my senior superlative. Do you remember yours? I mean, you had to be most athletic. I think I was most athletic, but there was something that was hilarious in my yearbook that I got named and I can't remember it because it was so long ago. Should I start guessing or... (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go with most athletic. How about that? Yes. I could also see you as best dressed or class clown. Oh, best dressed. First of all, I wore sweats every single day (laughs) to high school. It was like everybody knew when I had a presentation because I had clothes on. So. Right. But now look across the board, everybody wears sweats all the time. And thus you, an icon. I'm trying to, I mean, baby hair and sweats (laughs) was what I was known for. Maybe it was best baby hair. I think that might've been, that might've been it. 
All right, let's run the next question. Hi, Kristen and Candice. My name is Nicoletta, and I'm a senior at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Like many other students around the world, I won't be able to walk across the stage in my college graduation this month or have a moment to cross such a big milestone in my life, but I'm hoping you'll have some advice for the class of 2020 heading out into the real world. You know, Kristen, my, my nephew is a senior, and things are done a little bit different this year, obviously, with everything that's going on. But I don't think we're in any way, shape, or form going to downplay this. It's almost going to be more because we understand that this is a milestone and this is something that should be celebrated. And even though it's going to take place in a different way, we celebrate all the seniors and everybody that's going forward or moving towards a, a bigger goal that they have. Personally, it is a huge milestone to graduate high school. You're going into a world, you're starting to make more decisions, you're a young adult and you're going to take all those things that you learned in high school and try to utilize them moving forward. For me, my biggest growth was high school, college, obviously growing from a young person into a, a, a young adult. But Coach Summit always said you chase people and you chase passion. You chase positive people and you chase passion and you'll never fail. And I've tried to do that. I've had some amazing teammates, Kristen being one of them, amazing support staff. And you try to do what you're passionate about. You try to, you you try to put all your energy and effort into that and you won't fail. It's interesting that she asked for advice as she goes into the real world because by every stretch of the imagination has the class of 2020 already experienced the very real world. I was reading an article recently about what the class of 2020 has witnessed in their lifetimes in the last between 18 and 22 years, what these young men and what these young women have already witnessed before they even step into what we've dubbed the real world. And so my encouragement would just be that you have already been made by these days and it is no mistake that you are graduating and entering the rest of the real world in these days either. What's good? What's good? <laughs> What's good? Along with looking forward to this podcast as a whole, this segment, the What's Good segment, is something that I look forward to on a weekly basis, just because I think in this time of, of uncertainty, it is important to to look forward to something and to see the good that's coming out of it. Kristen, have you seen anything this past week that has made you smile? I agree with you there because I look forward not only to telling you mine, but to hearing yours. Like what is it that made you smile or made you laugh this week? Uh, I hate to do one that I was personally involved in, but just hear me out, okay? My friend's nephew, not my literal friend's nephew, but my friend's nephew is an advertising agency in Atlanta that put on what was dubbed the senior 16 and 16 different campuses across the Southeast of senior centers participated in a literal sweet 16 tournament where they sat in chairs and used either paper balls or plastic basketballs, tossing them into baskets. Maya Moore was one of the coaches of one of the teams. Kyle Corver was one of the coaches of the other teams. And I quote broadcasted it. 
<laughs> and it was so much fun. Each of the centers sent me research about the different people that were playing. And as I'm reading and learning about these people, I'm like, wait a second, like, where's Greg? And he'd raise his hand. This, of course, was all taking place over Zoom. And I'm like, you're 102 and you're still playing tennis, like regularly. I'm like, okay, this guy quite obviously has a competitive advantage. So getting to learn about all of them and getting to kind of invade their space during a time that nobody's been invited into, nobody's been allowed into their space was one of just the coolest, the most fun, one of the funniest things probably that I've witnessed. That's awesome. I think as we're quarantining, we're finding out that it's kind of a connection, like more people are reaching out and being connected and how dependent we are on the internet for that. And because we have to be intentional now, relationships aren't happening on accident anymore. Invading someone's space is not simply because we were forced into the same space. It's that I have to be intentional about letting you know that you're seen and you're loved. And I love that about these days. Well, something that made me smile this past week, uh, we know that 2020 has been kind of tough this year, and I received a, a bracelet, a really special bracelet that I wore on May 1st from Vanessa Bryant, and it's Jamie Bryant to honor her. May 1st uh, would have been her 14th birthday. And within the note, it was a, a note from Vanessa, from Natalia, from Bianca, and from Capri, and they just asked everybody to wear red on her birthday and to hashtag play Gigi's way. She loved the red, she competed with a smile, uh, she was fierce in her competition, and so it was an honor for, for my daughter and I to put it on and to support and to remember her legacy. Uh, Mambasita was a phenomenal basketball player and an honorary draftee with the WNBA, but you know, she, she's a daughter. And as a mom, just seeing the amount of passion that Vanessa puts into it and keeping her, her legacy alive, I just really commend her because she's been so strong and she's just, she's a great mom. So uh, for me, that was, that was something that really made me smile. Well, I know that it would bring her great joy also because I know from you and I know from Kobe that she looked up to you greatly. Well, that'll do it for another Ledlow and Parker. Thanks for listening this week and we'll see you next week. And I think the topic of discussion will probably be the last dance. I mean, we'll probably talk about that again next week. I think Spoiler that's for alert. Sure. <laughs> Don't mean to spoil anything, but. Also a huge thanks to our friend Kevin Love for taking the time to join us as well. <laughs>